One of the other great blessings that I have in my life is to get to be a part of a new church. And it is a great blessing. One of the best things, one of the greatest blessings about being a part of a new church is you will very seldom ever hear somebody in a new church say, we've never done it that way before. (laughs) You've heard somebody say that before though, haven't you? That doesn't happen in a new church primarily because we've never really done anything before, right? So everything that we do is new and it gives it, now that doesn't mean that we don't bring to the experience our own religious heritage because most of us have some kind of religious heritage that we have brought to Prairie Bible Church. Not everybody, but some of us have. Um, So we do have some concept of the way things uh, have been done before, but most people that are a part of a new church are at the very least open to the possibility of doing things in a new way. And I love that. Well, this morning what I want to do is I want to share with you uh, a new way of doing children's ministry. Now, I'm going to stop right there for just a second because my suspicion is that some of you decided right at that very moment that you're going to check out. You decided, I don't have children! And I don't have any intention of being a part of children's ministry, but I want you to put that thought, that knee-jerk reaction on the back burner for just a second, because this morning could be more about you than you ever dreamed or imagined. And unless you're willing to set aside your preconceived notions, you would never even dream or imagine what your part in this, this vision, this paradigm shift that we're going to be exploring today might be. So, we're going to start by asking a question, a very fundamental question. Why would we even need to think of a paradigm shift with regards to children's ministry? Um, By the way, I want you, have you guys, I've got um, grandchildren, and sometimes I have the privilege of taking them to movies. Have you seen the movie Littlefoot? You been there yet, Stel? You need to go. Anyway, if you haven't been to Littlefoot, I'm not going to suggest you go to it necessarily, but I will tell you something, that one of the things that was implied in that movie was that um, religion, um, when when you are involved in religion, you shouldn't ask questions, that questions are bad. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. If, in fact, I'm here to tell you that God wants you, God is expecting you to ask questions. If there's something that doesn't make sense to you, if you read in the Old Testament and you're going, that doesn't make sense to me, ask questions. If the pastor says something that sounds silly, ask questions. You can challenge me, I'll promise you, and I mean this sincerely, there's not a greater privilege that you could give to me than to come up and say, Craig, I heard what you had to say and I don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. You need to explain that a little bit more. And it will be my great privilege to do that. Because I'll guarantee you that if what I am saying is from God, there are going to be good answers that you'll hear and you'll go, oh. Because God's smart. I may not be, but God is. So I want to start this morning by asking a question. Why would we need to even consider a paradigm shift with regards to children's ministry? Well, before I do that, I want to Encourage you, if you've got your Bibles, take out your Bibles for just a second. And if you don't have your Bibles, take out your phones and open them up to your Bible app. First Corinthians chapter 12. I don't know when was the last time you read First Corinthians chapter 12, but if it's been a while, you need to read it. And I'm not going to go into detail 
on it this morning because this really isn't even the specifics of the message today, but I want you to draw your attention to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're familiar with your Bible, what you will know is that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 describes you. It describes that Christians, people like you and me, if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this chapter is describing you. It's saying that Christians um, are the body of Christ. And that each one of us as Christians has a purpose within the body of Christ. Each one of us, uh, some of us are like eyes, some of us are like fingers, others are like toes, but all of us compose the, the body of Christ. And each one of us have, have a particular purpose within the body of Christ. We have particular gifts and graces, passions, skills, and callings. Everybody does. If you have Jesus as, you, as your Lord and Savior, you have gifts and graces, passions and skills that are intended to be used by God within the body of Christ. I want you to remember that this morning as we begin to look at this, this uh, vision, this new vision that God has given us for children's ministry. But again, the question is this. Why do we even need a new vision? Well, for me to answer that question, I need to give you a little history. Um, so let's, let's begin. In England back in the 1700s, um, if you were of a particular class within society, particularly poor, when you were old enough, as a, as a child, when you were old enough, you were expected to go to work in the factories. You didn't go to schools, you went to work. If you were strong enough to do the work that the factory required of you, as soon as you were old enough, you would head off to the factories, which meant you didn't go to school, you went to work, and you would work 12 hours a day, six days a week. The only day you would get off would be Sunday. It was a terrible way to be a child. Thank the Lord, we've got child labor laws now, and that's not the way it is anymore, but that's the way it was, especially in England back in the 1700s. And it was into that environment that the Holy Spirit began to move. The Holy Spirit began to whisper into the ears of some of the church leaders in England back in the 1700s and said, have you ever thought about starting a Sunday school? Now, I know as soon as you heard the word Sunday school, even those, that use it, those of you that didn't grow up going to Sunday school, you have a preconceived notion of what you think Sunday school is. And because it's your experience, you're right. But when the Holy Spirit began speaking into the hearts and into the minds of the church leaders in England back in the 1700s, their vision of Sunday school was very different from your vision of Sunday school. Their vision of Sunday school was first school. Because here were all these little kids who were literally doomed to a life of working in a factory. Now, for some people, that's just fine, but they could never expect more out of life than to grow up working in a factory and ultimately die working in a factory. Because why? Because they didn't have the basic skills that they would need to have any doors that might be open that will allow them out of the lifestyle. Because they would never learn to read or write because they were working in the factories 12 hours a day. The Holy Spirit says, have you ever thought about starting a Sunday school? 
a school for these children, these poor kids that will never learn to read and write unless it was for you. And here's the best part of this this idea. You can teach these kids how to read and write, which will one day maybe lead them out of the factories and into a better life. But at the same time, guess what you're going to do? You're going to use the Bible as your curriculum. So while you're teaching them these basic skills to learn how to read and write, which they would never learn how to do if it weren't for you as the church, you will also be introducing them to Jesus. Awesome stuff, right? And for the last 250 years, because of that, because the Holy Spirit breathed life into the Sunday school movement, Christian churches all over the world have been using the Sunday school paradigm as the basis for their children's ministry. Cool stuff, right? You didn't know that? Maybe if you leave today, you didn't hear anything else, you heard that. Let's stop right there for just a second. How many of you have ever heard of the law of unintended consequence? Raise your hand. Some of you have. For those of you that haven't, let me give you an illustration of the law of unintended consequence. Starting, now, as I mentioned a moment ago, a lot of things have changed in the last 250 years, right? In most places around the world, children do not go to work in the factories as soon as they're strong enough to do the work, right? In most places around the world, kids get to be kids. That's awesome. And it is so cool that this Sunday school movement changed so many lives that here we are 250 years later, even though societies have changed all over the world, for the most part, we are still using this this Sunday school model which has taught our parents this. This, this, ta- this lesson has been taught to our parents for generations now. It is not my job to disciple my children. It is the Sunday school's job to disciple my children. Most parents bought in to that, that idea that it's not my job to disciple uh, my own children because it's easy and because the church... Let them. Most parents bought into the idea that it's the Sunday school's job to disciple my children because most parents don't have the, have the faintest clue how to disciple their own children. And guess whose fault that is? In, in large part, it's like my fault. Or people like me anyway. So the the law of unintended consequences is that we have created this situation in homes where parents don't know how to disciple their own children. People don't know. Most homes, most Christian homes, don't even do family devotions because they don't know how. Because we've left that discipleship element up to our Sunday schools. The law of unintended consequences. That is not what the Holy Spirit had in mind when he whispered into the ears of those church leaders in England 1,700 years ago that parents would abdicate the responsibility of raising their own children up to be Christians. So, first thing I'm going to do this morning is I am offering a blanket apology from the church to all of you parents that aren't equipped to 
disciple your children. I'm sorry that that's the way we did it. But if you've been around the last five weeks or so here at Prairie Bible Church, you will know that we have begun to remedy the mistake that we made. Because what we did, what we've been doing these last five weeks at Prairie Bible Church is we've been equipping all of you with the tools that you need to disciple your children. It's called Discipleship Toolbox, right? And what are they? First tool in your toolbox is to share with one another what's going on in your life, the highs and your lows, right? Tool number two, read your Bibles. Just one verse is all you need to start with. Tool number three, talk with one another about how that verse from the Bible applies to what's going on in your life. Tool number four, pray for one another. And tool number five, encourage one another, be a blessing. You're, some of you are sent back and say, Craig, those are the tools, those tools are for me, for adults. And you're right, those tools are for adults. But they're for your kids too, aren't they? You see, that's one of the mistakes that we make. We make the mistake of believing that Christian children's needs are different than the needs of Christian adults. The needs are the same. Now, the way in which we go about meeting those needs may be different, but the needs are the same. Let me illustrate to you what I mean. This morning, Tom stood up here in front of you, and one of the things that you heard from him was this. Christians, Prairie Bible Church, it is our privilege and our responsibility to live into three biblical purposes. To worship God, to grow as disciples, and to serve God by serving the world. That is our privilege and our responsibility as Christians, as adults, right? Well, guess what? It's the same privilege and responsibility that your children own as Christians. You see, over the years, basically, we've done a great job because of the Sunday school um, helping our children grow as disciples. But we haven't done as great a job of helping them to worship God in an age-appropriate way. And I'll guarantee you we haven't done a very good job of teaching them to serve God by serving others. We focus so much on the discipleship part, which is a big deal, but we have neglected the other two things. Well, what if we were to begin envisioning a children's ministry that revolved around worship, discipleship, and service? What might that look like? Well, let's just stop for a second and think about it. What would it look like to invite our children into worship in an age-appropriate way? Uh, Megan... Every week is up here in front doing children's time. That is an example of something that we're already doing, of inviting children into worship in an age-appropriate way. We also have Hannah and Paige who read the Scripture. That's an, uh, an example of us inviting children or youth into worship in an age-appropriate way. Well, what if, in an effort to help our children to grow up to be worshipers of God, we were to... Um, figure out other ways in which they might enter into the act of worship in an age-appropriate way. What, for example, what if we were to, and this is just me spitballing, I don't have any 
reason to believe we might do this other than I think it's a good idea. What if we were to start a a puppet ministry for kids? And um, that they would share a Bible story with us in worship some Sunday through the puppet ministry. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Age-appropriate way, bringing them into to worship. What if we were to, what if we were to um, establish a, a children's praise team? And every now and then we'd have them come and lead us in special music, a special song of praise. That'd be pretty cool too, wouldn't it? What if, listen, we've already got Sunday school. Um, what if we were to decide that our Sunday school, instead of operating in the traditional sense of Sunday school, we were to um, begin operating our Sunday school as life groups. Because did you know that your children need a life group just as much as you do? What if in our Sunday school we began to um, use our toolbox, our discipleship toolbox of share, read, talk, pray, and bless in Sunday school, and then we equipped you parents with the tools that you would need to build on what your kids are learning in Sunday school right now, build on that at home using your discipleship toolbox. What if? And what if, as we continue to grow as a church, most of us have come from a a tradition where we have Wednesday night programming for kids. What if, as we continue to grow... As a church, we have our Wednesday night programming. Instead of being a repackaging of what happens on Sunday mornings, what if Wednesday nights were dedicated to helping our children learn how to serve in an age-appropriate way? What if um, on Wednesday nights they, they write notes to somebody who's sick? Or they go throughout the neighborhood with their sponsors and gather um, cans of food to the food pantry. I was thinking about my friend Ron. You you all don't know Ron very well yet, but one of the first things that he shared with me, and I'm not putting you on the spot, Ron. I'm just using you as an illustration. One of the first things that he shared with me, we went out to, he and Pat and I went out to dinner one day, and um, he he gave me one of the most beautiful Handmade crosses. There's, uh, Ed Vosmick does this too in our church. And he was telling me about, is it you and your brother that build these, these little hand, hand um, crosses that put in your pocket just as a reminder that Jesus is with you wherever you go? And I started thinking as I was working on this, Ron, I was thinking, what if we could figure out some way to help our children become... Isn't that beautiful? What if there was some way we could help our children become involved in making something like this? That'd be pretty beautiful, wouldn't it? Nursing homes. You see, you you, you kind of getting what I'm laying down here. The fact of the matter is, you all have much better ideas than I do. And are you starting to understand that it's possible 
that your gifts and graces, your passions and the skills that you possess personally might somehow fit into this new paradigm? Directly or indirectly? See, when we started this morning, you had no idea what I was talking about. But all of a sudden, now you're hearing the Holy Spirit beginning to whisper into your ears, I could do this, or what about that? I don't know if this is a good idea or not. Maybe I should talk to somebody. And maybe you should! So I'm going to show you who you should talk to. If you are a member of the ministry board, I want you to stand up. And then I want the rest of you to to look around and gawk at them a little bit, okay? (laughs) Not everybody's here, but look at these ladies. These folks are a member of the ministry board, and they're the ones that have been working on this vision for the last few months. If you've got ideas about how God might bring this vision, this paradigm shift into reality, go talk to one of these people. Say, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but this is an idea that I have. And I'm telling you right now, as soon as as that kind of stuff starts working, God will start doing things that by ourselves we never dreamed or imagined. And you might just find yourself involved in children's ministry, and you're thinking, I would never have done that before in my life. Do Do you remember the verse that was read for you earlier? Proverbs 22.6. Raise up a child in the way they should go. When they get old, they'll not depart from it. Friends, the first line of, of, of responsibility for raising up a child in the way they should go is you parents and you grandparents, stop allowing the church to do your job and allow us to help you. Because the fact of the matter is, it's all of our responsibility to raise up these children in the way they should go. So that when they get old, they'll not depart from it. And your particular part in that is the part that I can't wait to discover or can't wait to see. My part was just to stand up here and tell you. Now you guys get to do it. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, honestly, I can't wait to see what our children's ministry, our our ministry with children is going to look like in the days and the weeks and the months and years to come. There is a new thing that you want to do. Some of the things are are things that we've been doing for a very long time, but we're going to build on these and start thinking outside of the box in ways in which we together with our children can worship you and grow together as disciples and serve you by serving the world. There are infinitesimal number of possibilities in this new vision, Jesus. And as we offer ourselves to you, seeing what that looks like, it's going to be beautiful. And I can't wait. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for inviting us on this adventure. And thanks for reminding us that each of us have a purpose. Your holy name.